0: The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers.
1: Welcome to the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is
2: John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO Edition. Today's guest is uh, our good friend, Dr. Josh Harris. Dr. Harris, thanks for being here with us. Hello, John. It's great to be back. You're a longtime uh, college professor, uh, also a consultant involved in the industry in many ways, and you just recently were at the Florida ICSE Conference, which is one of the largest real estate conferences in our state, and specifically to retail, it's one of the largest uh, in the U.S. And so I wanted to ask you today, with that just having happened,
0: happen, uh, what are your thoughts about, what did you learn from the conference, and what are your thoughts about the retail real estate market today? You know, it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, real estate right now is probably on a macro level in one of the most stressful periods. It's kind of been in, in, well, probably since 2008, candidly with high interest rates, concerns about valuation and retail real estate, interestingly, and I don't know how many people are paying attention to this, but it's actually one of the brightest spots. Um, If you haven't noticed, shopping centers are pretty full because we, you know, we stopped building them for a while. So, you know, you go down to Certainly, ICS here, just in general, what right? deals are opening, new shops are opening. There's lots, there's not a lot of vacancy, not a ton of development either, but everyone's open. In fact, I heard earlier this year that Barnes and Noble is opening up stores again, right? That, wow. was, that was never supposed to happen back wow. I don't know. So, yeah. you, so and I'm looking now, you mentioned Florida ICS. Well, what's one of the fastest growing states? It's Florida, you know, and so there's deals being done everywhere. And it's kind of an interesting counter trend because, you know, so much of the rest of the especially the capital market centric of centers of real estate. Well, I mean, they're just in total fear mode, but yet this is kind of an interesting bright spot.
2: So let's talk about some different categories uh, from the conference. So let's, the first one I pick on is like the corporations. And what I mean by this, the tenants themselves. And so obviously Publix was very busy. They had a stout booth and they they, they were busy. They're doing deals. And then I know one of the tenants I know very well that's back, and I'm so excited about it's Fazoli's with their breadsticks. In I fact, know. Yeah, they've got an opening coming up uh, on, on Colonial, which is exciting. So we we didn't get a sense that retailers, you know, you always think like, are they, are they doing store openings, store closings? There was way more talk about store openings than anything else. So what are your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, you know, we, it's, so it's, and John, you didn't lead up to it in a way that I thought you were maybe about to throw a detail out, but, you know, for many years here, we always had, you know, certainly on a nationwide basis, net store closures, right? right? How many, who is going to go bankrupt this year? Is right, it going to be, right. in, you know, pick your de, you know, uh, department store de jure at the mall. Will they be around next year? Right. And we've actually crossed over to where I believe, and I haven't, you know, we're mid year 2023, but. I'm pretty sure the all all indications were gonna be net store openings. And I think that was also the case in twenty two. And you know, it's kinda of weird because people thought, hey, well, we had this thing called the pandemic, and all of a sudden, well, what couldn't be delivered through Amazon? And and we had even restaurants. Remember ghost kitchens, right? right. That was a big that was gonna be a right. big trend, which probably still is. Uh, but now all of a sudden, wait a minute, stores are opening up. Well, you know, it it's actually an interesting this industry went through, I think a sort of a big shock back in 08. And now we're kind of looking at where tenants are figuring out how to make business work. I think a lot of consumers missed, missed it too. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really funny. You mentioned Fazoli's and um, I've seen on my little trends in um, various Orlando or Florida based uh, Facebook groups. I'm in, I've seen more people posting about that. I didn't learn about that from you, John, because I know I think you guys worked the deal. I learned about people like, hey, did you hear Fazoli's coming back? Like, people are actually talking about this. And Publix is such an institution, obviously, um, essentially being, you know, the dominant grocery player. Consumers are kind of pulling this stuff into existence because they are looking for it. I mean, they want to go shopping. They want to go eat out. And I think maybe because we have this little bit of memory of sort of being told we can't has made us do it. So, I mean, retail, you know, the retailers are actually finding it to be more successful than they maybe have been in a long time because they had, to, they had to learn through such a deep downturn.
2: You know, Josh, you were there with me. You were so kind to of come to the lunch we had mm-hmm. where we uh, hosted over hundred college students interested in career that was real estate. Amazing. Yeah. And then we had yourself and some other key professionals there. Publix was a big part of it. And uh, as was Glenn Rafano from ICSC. And we had uh, uh, somebody there from Starbucks. It was really great. When we had that at lunch and we took Q&A from the audience. And so if you remember, one student asked me, why was I so pro uh face-to-face, you know, bricks and I remember order, that real estate. Yep. And this is the story I told. My wife and I were recently at dinner at Red Lobster actually on Colonial. We're Red Lobster fans. And um when we sat down, the server came over and he was a little bit um, you know, befuddled. He 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 had, had a lot of tables and so he was nervous. And so he had just said something like, Oh, I'm sorry your drinks, and he was wearing a necklace and had a coin on it. And so um, I asked him about it. And so then he, you know, told me, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what kind of coin is it? And he goes, I don't know. It's the last thing my dad left before he abandoned us. That's what he said. And so he leaves and he comes back. And so I talked to him about the coin and we had this great conversation. And here's the thing is that I choose when I go to Publix, the cashier and not the, you know, check out yourself. And here's why. It's better for my mental health to go through the cashier than it is to cash out by myself. That young man I had that experience with, he blessed me by sharing that story about his life. I hope I blessed him, right? I, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, next time I am going a real when <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna ask for him. And so there's this human component. One of the things we learned through the pandemic is we as human beings need, not want, need you know, human interaction. And uh, I was looking at properties today, you know, we're buying centers and I was looking at them. And when I was at today, I was looking at all these people sitting outside dining, all interaction. The rest of the center I was at was uh, very dog friendly. So people were eating outside with their dogs, with them. Like that's a part of our need. And so I think we learned that through the pandemics. I think corporations learned that, you know, that if you're a great corporation selling a ton of blank and you think, oh my gosh, we're going to close all of our locations and we're just going to ship everything out, dude, that's not going to work. You're going to have to do things where you interact with the customer
0: It'll increase sales, and it helps people live longer. Is that all correct? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, it's interesting. You were, when you were talking about that, I remember that that story about the uh, the, the young man with the with the coin and the, you know, the the symbolism of it. And it was it was actually funny. It reminded me now, my dad and I. You know, my dad's still around. we were, one of the first things I ever remember as a trinket was um, when he would travel internationally. I had this little coin collection that I kept in like a fruit by the foot container. I remember like the you know, the, the symbolism of that how important those little items are. And then, you know, when you talk about how you guys connect them, I thought that was amazing. And it reminded me in a weird way about, you know, I moved back to Orlando, right? Part of it because this is where my consulting business has always been emanated. I know the Florida market's probably better than any sort of geographic, even though I've covered things now literally internationally. But one of the parts about Florida that actually was important to me, but I didn't know how to put into words is I can drive around and see people. You're the fourth person today, John, that I've come to see on just random, and I haven't probably driven more than a couple miles. Mm. And I can get around Orlando. You can get around most Florida like with That it was hard to do that in New York, right? You know, just coming in to to do coffee or do something like that. If you had texted me the night before, chances are there'd be no way for me to organize a schedule because of just how much the commuter lines are shifted. So I think one of the things that that more people are realizing that where they choose to live is really where that value is, and I think. I don't know if people know how to put that into words yet cuz I don't think we have maybe a shared agreement but we all know that we care about where we live and by proxy where we work and I think it's one of the biggest things that candidly, I think it's why Florida and similar places are doing so well is because you can actually see people here and it doesn't take away your entire day you can go back to work you can move around and you actually can have a you know a human experience day in day out where in a lot of the bigger cities that are especially very transit kind of isolated where you're forced to be on train schedules it's a lot more logistically challenging. You might realize that's why I think people want to stay at home so much is because it's, you know, it, it takes heavy planning just to go somewhere. As we're yeah. Here, yeah, Let's get your car. You're there and maybe five, maybe 10 minutes. If there's a little bit of a delay, yeah, five minutes more.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's not always good, man. No, like that's not always good. Well, when you think about why floor is doing well and why the floor ICSC did so well, it's like people are vacationing here and they're moving here. There's those drivers. Absolutely. And then I throw on top of that, that human component, that story and I think all that kind of comes together and so we're seeing this growth and still seeing corporations do well. We're gonna take a quick break, we're gonna come back, and when we come back, I wanna talk a little bit more about the institutional side of, of the experience before I C S C and then we'll we'll touch real quick on the student side as well. Sounds great. All right, you're here with Dr. Josh Harris at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate
1: high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice and suicide. CrossmanCB.com.
0: At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's
1: John Crossman.
2: We are back here with Dr. Josh Harris. Dr. Harris, we're talking to you about the 4ICSC, and we've We've talked about the growth in population and you talked about the net positive as far as retailers opening versus closing, which is a big deal. Um, And so now I want to move the conversations to the institutional side of things, Mm -hmm. you know? So I know the the first half of the year was a little slower because cap rates, you know, like, what are we going to do with interest rates? It seems like that's kind of calmed down a little bit. And so there's more deals in the market for sure. There's more deals in the market. And now we're seeing some trade, not all, but some are trading. So it felt like, that part of the industry was down and now it's kind of coming a bit back. Did,
0: did you see that at the conference as well? Yeah, you know, I think the so it goes back a little bit to what I sometimes like to call the rotations that occur in sort of the incident. Sometimes investment language, you know, the all the stock pickers like to use this phrase. And for a really long time, retail was kind of out of favor, right? Because, you know, Amazon, right, was sort of this big fear word. What was going to happen, even and the pandemic didn't quite help that people are realizing that there's actually a lot of value in the fact that well retail's kind of undersupplied so investors who candidly are not as hot on office because there's uncertainty there well, probably tons of opportunity but you know they're seeing a lot of uncertainty apartments are actually taking a greater hit because of that just because of cap rates candidly because mm-hmm. they were just so priced and you know, industrial is still actually doing pretty well so there's really not much change here but suddenly they're realizing hey wait a minute we haven't bought enough retail so you're now starting to see where people are trying to take advantage of this. Uh, it's still a difficult market. I mean, interest rates, you know, I, I, I candidly, I'm not I'm not sure if interest rates are done with their rising cycle. Let's, let's hope. But I think we're totally to the end of it, right? Just kind of the what next. But you are starting to see that this, um, they're calling it all of a sudden mixed use allocations. I've seen that this is kind of the mm-hmm. new um, sort of the Wall Street time as well. We're, we're allocating more to mixed use which is a fancy way of saying retail with something else attached right. to it or near it. It's, right. and, and I've actually talked to some um, great for, you know, investors on some of the big foreign capital sides and they're like, hey, they realize you know, all of our assets, which maybe are traditionally office, the ones that are in these communities that have uh, shopping attached or apartments or by, they're doing the best. We're getting the highest rents, they're getting the greatest amount of um, you know, occupancies that are stable. Well, effectively that is a retail driven, essentially a retail centric project, right? I mean, you're putting it together. So I think capital is starting to realize that this is probably where the, some of the more deals are. And I think sellers are realizing, you know, it's not quite that, it's not as bad as the uh, brochure made it look like at the beginning of the year. You know, one of the
2: meetings uh, that I had was a uh, uh, meeting with special servicers, right? And so I was talking to special services guy and, you know, their whole world is dealing with foreclosed properties, right? That's the whole thing. And so I said, hey, well, you know, what's going on with retail in Florida? And the response mm-hmm. was, there is none. There's none. And so I was like, well, how busy are you? I was like, we're crazy busy. I'm like, well, where's keeping it busy? He's like, you know, office deals going down bad in yep. Chicago and San Francisco, right? And so that was fascinating because, you know, like you would have thought, you know, if you're going back in time, 2020, what would this year, what would things be looking like? And to your point, like that's not the place. So people are seeing retail as stable, yep. safe right? Respectable. And again, there's all kinds of different issues out there, but uh, there is capital out there that wants to invest in it. And, and, you know, we're private capital and and we're looking to do deals. And it's funny, we're competing more with other private capital. Uh, So there's been a rise in different pockets of funds uh, investing in deals as well. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, again, what's interesting is that, you know, capital. So I, I think I saw a statistic recently about the amount of what they call dry powder, which is just a really I don't know who came up with that phrase, but they right. they never get enough credit. But this concept of dry powder is basically money on the sideline that's hypothetically already been allocated to invest in real estate but hasn't gone in, right? So cash in the bank is another way to say it. And it's at record, record levels. And in fact, you're already seeing, of course, just like in 08, people are raising their distress pools and they want to deploy and they're looking for deals. And it's becoming one of the situations where there's probably, I don't know, $5, $10 for every deal that's out hunting, Um, And now, of course, sellers are looking at this and, you know, unless you have to sell, you're not seeing trades. Although there is, interestingly, there is trying to be some more market clearing, certainly even in office, which I think, I mean, kind of because the lenders are there, the special services are there. So, you know, you're going to see a lot more competition. And actually, my guess is, John, what you're seeing, since you're competing against private capital, my guess is all those buyers are all people that have been wanting to buy maybe for the past several years but they kept getting beat out by all the institutional capital. So institutional capital is a little bit back on its heels because they, well, they bought a lot and now private capital is getting a little bit of its day in the sun, but they're again, there's still probably two or three good buyers for every one good asset.
2: Well, where we typically win is we don't offer unless we really know the asset and we're, we're a certainty of close, right? Right. So people know to pick us like we can get things done quickly and that helps. And so, but it is interesting what's out there. The other thing, this was like the big announcement at the conference. I want to pull this up because I get it just right, Josh. But at the conference was uh, Kimco uh, acquired RPT Realty in an I all stock that. transaction. I mean, look, the big got bigger, right? That's a big deal. That's yeah. a significant acquisition for Kimco, who's already a major player. I mean, to talk about that plus the aldi win dixie thing. I mean, like oh, yeah. <laughs> big two. those are the two big stories. So And on both sides, both the tenant side and on the uh, investment side as well. So any other thoughts about Kimco and what they're doing?
0: You know, it doesn't surprise me. I think that a lot of the, there's value creation and sometimes getting larger. And interestingly, you know, without, I don't know if the, the individual um, motivations in the deal, but I think you're going to see that institutional level, um, like companies combining with each other is one of those things that kind of restart sometimes before individual asset transactions happen. Cause it's just, it's easier. Right. And right. I don't, you know, sometimes there's a motivational factor of oh, so and so we need to get liquidity to this fund or we hey we need to refinance this debt portfolio and it just makes more sense. There's more of a, a value accretion. Um, I mean, Kipco's had a great run. I think I have, I know that a lot of their centers, I know that some of them, you know, were obviously had trouble post-08, just like everybody in retail did. And I think at least everyone I know on an anecdotal level has basically more than exceeded plan and is leased up. I mean, I know um, my wife in Orlando, she calls it her favorite center. It's one off by Bumby off colonial. Sure. really, You know, well. you know we, we live, both lived in Baldwin parks. We know it. I mean, Everything is refilled in there. We go, we were there this, we were, we were there on Saturday and I don't know, maybe there's vacancy somewhere on the side corner or something, but I mean, literally every single thing is there. It is the parking lots are full and those kind of places like Kimco that have these large open air centers. I mean, that's where all the tenants want to be. Well, and just for uh, listeners who don't know
2: the property, like it originally was a mall. That's one of the first malls. And then it got demalled and turned to a power center. It was a long time Weingartner deal. It came through Weingartner acquisition. That's right. And then Kimco did all that work. And the other thing I'll tell you about Kimco is Kimco is very industry friendly. Like, you know, when there's events and there's conferences, they are accessible. They're doing things to make the industry better. And so when you see like really good quality people doing quality thing, that's a big deal. We just got like 30 seconds left here, Dr. Harris. But I did want to say... Uh, a lot of college students there. you got to interact with them. That was great.
0: How impressive were they? It's great. And you know, if you're a college student and you're listening to this, you got to go to these conferences. you right? got to get out there. And like ICSC makes, I think it's like, I don't know if it's still $50, but they make it so accessible. Well, it's $50. And then my buddy, Jeffrey <sighs> Stevens, um, he,
2: he does a scholarship and he makes it free. And some of these universities- you got to go. Yeah. They have partnerships with ICSC, make it free. But I mean- Man, uh, the Florida and Florida State kids were just super impressive. It was amazing. And I, you know, how I feel about the FAMU kids were so oh, yeah. good, so good. Absolutely. And then the Bethune cookman kids were there and the FIU kids. And we had a, we had a handful of UCF yep. kids come as well. And then there was a smattering of other schools. Um, but, you know, back in the day, that, that was my 30th Florida ICSC. Wow. Minus, you know, COVID year or whatever. Um, but when I went when I was 22. Mm-hmm. There were zero other college students in the room. Yeah. You know I mean, I, for most of my twenties, would meet somebody. that Maybe it was somebody's kid, but to see these programs coming out like that, you gotta so go. My, my first
0: ICSC was 2007 in Vegas, which was one right. But they <laughs> hit the all time high. It was the biggest thing, and then it kind of went all downhill from there. Because 08 oh, was this it, but a yeah, great experience, dude. You you
2: hit it at the high. You're like, wow, this is awesome. You know. Anyway, well, uh, Josh, Dr. Harris, thanks for being my friend and being here. That's great insight. You know, follow up on the conference, and uh, we'll we'll have you back again. Uh, so thank you for being here. It was a great pleasure. Thank you, John. All right. We're going to take a break and then we're coming back with our final segment here on the Crossmark Conversation, the CEO edition.
1: Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's crossmarkservices.com.
0: At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. As the largest property
2: tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too.
1: Once again, here's John Crossman.
2: And we are back here. Oh, Mike, man, Mike Gillen. I, I like this guy a lot. How <laughs> about Dr. Harris? Man. You know what's funny is when he talks, I'm always like, how is somebody that smart? Like how do they keep yeah. so much in their head? I don't understand how you can go from boom, 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 like these subjects, and then reference stock references to working with students to yeah. what's going on with corporations. It's a lot of information the guy yeah. has in his head,
1: right? You know, I, I think that it's uh, it's a well-rounded. I mean, business is is kind of that way. Whatever your business is, you tend to know that. You tend to geek out on news like that. Sure. But when it's uh, a, a company like uh, like what he does with. The, it's not only just real real estate business; it's all businesses, all of the different types of businesses that use real estate. You get to know a little bit about all of that too.
2: Yeah, and I think
1: that you know clearly, you know, there's that old
2: expression of those who can't do teach, right? And so you know, like you'd say, you know, when that line like? And those who can't teach, coach, you know, like that, whatever that joke goes. But
1: and those you, who can't coach are radio hosts. Right? <laughs> That's
2: right. Yeah, well, that would be accurate. Um, and so when I when I think about him, though, it's like he's got this academic brain but it's, it's clearly far beyond that. Like, that's why he does consulting and the other stuff too, because of the human component. Like, you know, we were talking about mental health and he's, he's making that component as well. Like you can say, Hey, why does this real estate do well? And you can say, Hey, it's because of people moving to Florida. It's because of, you know, friendly business environment. And there's this human component. And it's like, that's like at the end there, when he was talking to college students, you know, you didn't hear him say, Hey, make sure you take an extra finance class. He's saying, Hey, make sure you go network. Mm-hmm. That's what he was saying. Like yeah, Go out there, go to right. conferences, get outside of the classroom. And so that component of understanding the academic and the human component of business, it's a big deal.
1: You know, just the same way, John, that it would seem to me now with my limited exposure to all of this, the same way that a lot of businesses capitalized on COVID, on the pandemic. Right. Uh, that's what kids can do with these kinds of things. If they go, they can capitalize. It may look overwhelming on one hand, but if they get there and they might see their way through and make connections that might last for the, the next 20 years. You know, the, here's a funny thing, Mike. If you would grab me right before that lunch
2: that Josh and I were at with those 100 students, and you said, John, are you hiring? My answer was no, that moment, no. Would you believe... Five business days later, I am hiring. Like just something happened. I'm hiring. Like I haven't posted it yet, but I'm going to hire. My my goal is to hire a college student, like in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. majoring in real estate, to work here in our offices. Here, here. Yeah, you, you'll see them in the hallway. And so, you know, the students who are networking, that's why it's like you just never know. That's what he's. That's what Doctor Harris is talking about. You just never know where that leads to in life and in business. Right. It
1: would really be cool if that hire was one of those people that you talked to at that conference, right? Well, that that's, would be that's, so great. that's the
2: first group I go back to, right? Yeah. So you just you just never know. So you got to get out there and hustle and, and, and make it happen.
1: I really enjoyed uh, Dr. Harris's talking about the net store closures oh, yeah. as opposed to, you know, what we may be seeing right now might be on the positive side with Listen, uh, just to say, he kind of called me out on that one. I mean, you know, be nice to your <laughs> guests, but no, he was right.
2: I should have said that, but you know, like for so many years, the whole story was closing, closing, like, yeah, yeah. you know, who's going down next and whether it was, you know, Sears or Best Buy, you know, all, those, all, yeah. those, all, yeah, all those guys, like all these big names our household names going away.
1: And to say, hey, that this is a year of positive, that's, it's truly amazing. What's, so amazing. You know, a lot of the stores now they they were right on some of them, but a lot of the stores that were mentioned five years ago that they're on their way out. I mean, Best Buy is an example of that. They were the big box Text store yeah. on, on the way out and they're still here. Yeah. And so
2: some of them were dead man walking, but some of them figured a way to turn mm-hmm. it around. Yeah. So Mike, as always, thanks for being here with me. I you appreciate him, you my being my partner, being the team. This is the Crossman conversation, the CEO edition until next time. I hope to be with us.
1: This has been the Crossman conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.